This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, I wanted to uh, make a correction. I, uh, I misspoke last week on the show uh, when I was talking about our friend Norman uh, that had recently died, too young, and all that s- stuff. Um, I said that you know the the silk screening shop at which I met him. I stopped working there in 2017. Uh, I didn't stay there that long. <laughs> I left uh, in 2007, so it was a 10 years prior to that. I, I've, I've been away from working at Coldside since 2007. So I just wanted to correct that, didn't want to leave that out there. Got to keep the record straight, because you, know, you don't know this. I don't. I could run for office and somebody say I lied about something. I'm not running for office. What am I talking about? Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about the My Pillow guy. Mike Lindell, I'm worried. Now, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna dive deep into this, but he had his cyber symposium thing just the other day, in which he was gonna show us the irrefutable evidence that the election was stolen by the Chinese, by uh, from the fearless loser. He was gonna show us. I don't know how many days this thing ran. People showed up. He's. You know, it was going to go run seven, 72 hours, and I just, um, I think, and I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have any training in that. I have no experience in that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm just an absolute layperson when it comes to this kind of thing. But I think he seems to me to be, I mean, unhinged. I think it's safe to say he's, he's I think he's, I think he's headed for a breakdown. I don't. I don't see him ending well. I, mean, I. I hope he gets the psychological help he needs because the man is. This is. He is the embodiment of of full on, fully invested in conspiracy thinking. That's you know. That's the kind of crazy you can get. You can get the other. You can get even worse than that. You can get the kind of person that believes the QAnon stuff and kills their kids. There's been some story about that recently, and I, I'm, I don't know enough about it to get into it. But that's conspiracy thinking, yeah. And and I and I enjoy watching Seth Meyers do his impression of Lindell, and you know poke fun at him, and just a lot of people are poking fun at him and all that. And I I laugh along with them, and I but I always pause and just think, man, I think the guy is nuts, and I th- I think he needs help. And I don't think he's going to get it. 
and so it's like I said, I think he's headed for a breakdown, and I and I I don't think it's going to end well. Um, you know, and there's one thing that I think should be. I hope I quote it correctly. This should be the. This is the definition of the conspiracy thinking uh, 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 that is being just, uh, demonstrated by all the people that seem to think that the election was stolen, that believe it was stolen, and all this stuff. And and they're so upset with the mainstream media, you know, because uh, and uh, they had some person on the stage at some point in there that said to CNN specifically, you know, about the. The stolen election. He starts pointing up at the screen with just, you know, with computer code up there, which nobody knows what that says. Nobody knows what that means. I mean, cyber expert people, CNN brought a cyber security expert to, to there to witness this symposium and saw nothing. There's nothing. They give you, they gave us nothing of any kind of evidence that the election was stolen, the, the votes were changed. I'm not... It's... it's it's lunacy. It, it, it really is. It's lunacy to think this has been stolen. But the person that was up there on stage says, oh, I don't know nothing about this stuff, but I've been researching it since November 3rd. And, and he admonishes CNN because they don't seem to be reporting the, the things that he thinks they should be. He, says, he said, and I think I have the quote right, start reporting this and stop fact-checking it. You know, fact-checking, this is Orwellian. Fact-checking has become their word for lying or covering up or spin. We're checking the facts. Facts are facts, are they not? It's very bizarre, and it's very scary because these there are people that just live in this, this world that just is, it's not reality. It, 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 you just look at them and just shake your head and say, "What's wrong with you?" But I, I don't know. But I worry about the my pillow guy. I mean, I at first I was pretty sure he was a con man when some of his early ads for his pillow, he would come out and he says he would say that uh, uh, that this pillow would be helpful in all kinds of uh, medical conditions and health concerns. He said, "Oh, I've had people tell me that it's helped with their with their their fibromyalgia and their allergies and their whatever." And he just throws out a bunch of stuff, right? And it's and I thought, "Oh, come on, a pillow, a pillow." Uh, the I think it was the FTC got wind of that and said, "Mike, you you can't claim these things about your pillow. You just you just can't." So he stopped claiming that. So when, as soon as I saw that, I went, oh, okay, this guy's a con man. You know, he's got a pillow that uh, my mother rates as, it's okay. God damn it, cat. Two weeks in a row, you want to be part of the show. Yeah, what is it with you? Sorry, folks. <laughs> the cat has decided that she wants her voice heard. So I'm, but but so I, I thought he that the man was a con man, and I still kind of think he is, uh, and maybe you know the pillow might you know some people might really like the pillow and all that, but like I said, my mom rated it as, it's okay. <laughs> High praise indeed. Well, um, 
I, I think he's headed for a breakdown, and I don't think he's it's going to end well. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, this is, uh, as I'm recording this, this is uh, August 13th. It's Friday the 13th. It's the only Friday the 13th that will happen in the year 2021. Uh, this is the day that, uh, well, my pillow guy was saying that uh, that President, uh, what's his face from before, <laughs> fearless loser, was going to be reinstated as president. Well, it hasn't happened so far. I don't think it's going to. I'm still concerned that there's going to be more violence, that the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the, all the other white supremacist groups out there, uh, are they're wanting to do something else and I have a feeling it might happen okay let's not get too far into that because I last week I did a show that was as said at the top of the show it, it was going to be a bumpy ride and it was you know I mean it was I don't want to do negative shows all the time but sometimes it's just it just happens because my goodness the world is so weird right now I guess it's always been weird but it just seems so much more weird right now doesn't it well, I'm going to try and smooth the ride tonight. Uh, smooth the ride for this week. And I'll start by talking about masks. <laughs> Bear with me, you'll see. Uh, the other morning, I stopped at uh, Walgreens in the morning just to pick up a few things. And as I'm wearing a mask now when I go to stores, because, you know, because it's a thing still... This pandemic is still happening. This hasn't gone away. And, you know, last week's show was the frustration that a vaxxed person has toward the unvaxxed because we should be getting past this now. We had like a little window where it seemed like, hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. But no, no. Anyway, like I said, let's not get me revved up again. Well, I went to the Walgreens. I put on my mask, went in, did my errands there, and I came out. I still had the mask on. As I was walking to my car, I just figured I'd just leave it on until I got to the car. And there was a fellow getting out of his vehicle. And, uh, you know, and he had his mask on. And as we got closer to each other, he's, he's heading to the store. And we're getting closer to each other. We, we look and almost immediately we recognize each other. It's my neighbor from two doors down. They're singing and partying and having a party or whatever. What is the song? They're singing and dancing and having a party two doors down. Anyway, I think it's two doors down. Isn't it the Dolly Parton song? Anyway, um, two doors down from here is Jerry. You know, my neighbor Jerry. And, uh, you know, I, I, we see each other. Now, here's the thing. We had our masks on. Half our face was covered. The nose, mouth, chin, half of our face of our faces were covered. And we still almost immediately recognized each other. He stops and I see him look at me and he smiles. I could see he's smiling. His eyes smile. And I went, oh, hey, Jerry. And he says, hey, how you doing? And then we talked for a little bit. And he says, about the wearing the mask, he says, yeah, it's hard. You thought, we thought it was over, but it seems like it's worse than it was. And I said, I know. We got to get people vaccinated. And he says, yep. And he headed on into the store and I went off to work. And as I drove to work, I thought, I start, you know, just thinking to myself as I'm behind the wheel there. I'm beginning to think, I mean, it's dawning on me that there's no way that people, uh, that the people would not 
re- realize that Clark Kent was Superman. There's just, there's just no. That was beginning to dawn on me. I was wearing a mask that was covering half my face. Jerry was wearing a mask covering half his face, and we still recognized each other. Now I realize recognizing a person is more than just recognizing their face because you know you see their 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 body shape and their height and their, the way they walk the way they move you recognize all kinds of things there's their hairstyle hair color there's that but it, it, there's and then and then if they're talking you recognize their voice uh, and so you know there's more to it but there's no way that I, I'm, I'm beginning to think of that. There's no, way, there's no way people would not know Bruce Wayne was Batman. Now, he has the top part of his face covered, but he's got his nose and, or his mouth and chin there, and it might take a little more time to say, is that Bruce Wayne? He has that same cleft chin. You know, he's, he's got that thing or that little mole on his, on his chin. He's, he's got that same... That, is that, that's Bruce Wayne, isn't it? Batman's Bruce Wayne, isn't it? And let's Robin. Oh, geez, forget about you know Robin. What did Robin? Now I'm going to go with the original Robin, Dick Grayson. There's been several Robins since Dick Grayson, but Dick Grayson of the Flying Graysons, an acrobatic team that was uh, with the circus, and the uh, uh, Dick Grayson was the was the the son, the only child of the uh, Grayson parents there. And they were, I think, killed by mobsters or something like that. And uh, and 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 uh, you know uh, Bruce Wayne. Took pity on, on 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 Dick, and he took him in. He, he took Dick in. Mm, that sounds dirty. But anyway, so he took him in as a ward, and and turned him into Robin. Uh, and Robin's facial disguise is just a mask that covers his eyes. That's it. I mean, I, just think of, if you took some if you took some black uh, grease paint or something and just put it around your eyes. And put the little over the bridge of your nose, but you know, just like what Robin has. Just do it right on your face. Do you think people who know you are not going to recognize you? Right? So, come on. <laughs> That's what I liked about the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, when Marvel came along, now Marvel Comics was around for a while. It started out as Timely and it became Atlas for a while, and then it became Marvel Comics in 1961. And uh, Stanley was it was 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 tasked by the the publisher Martin Goodman, I think his name was. He was tasked along with uh, with Jack Kirby to come up with a superhero team to compete with DC Comics, the Justice League of America, which had debuted in 1960. They just come out then, and. Um, uh, hang on a second. I got to throw a pillow at my cat. Go upstairs. <laughs> She's just looking at the cat now. <laughs> I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her. <laughs> She's <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So uh, Martin Goodman said to Stanley and Jack Kirby, "Come up with a with a superhero team," and they came up with the Fantastic Four. Now, who did what, and how much credit does one get over the other? It's been a debate that's been going on for a long time, but uh, it's it's uh, you know whatever it was the. The comic book came out, and it started to snowball and get a lot of success. And Marvel Comics was was uh, was uh, was born, and the Fantastic Four were uh, 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 you know it was that the super genius scientist Reed Richards was designing some rocket to go to the moon, 
1961. We hadn't gone on the moon yet, or to do some space travel, whatever. Um, and we hadn't, you know, America hadn't done it yet. And 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 then his girlfriend Sue Storm, who was kind of young, and and her brother Johnny Storm, who was even younger. Uh, and then uh, uh, Reed Richards' uh, buddy from college, uh, uh, an athlete fellow that was a, a good pilot or something like that as well, uh, Ben Grimm. So they're almost like a family. Uh, you know, they're not all blood related. Well, Johnny and Sue are, but you know, eventually Sue would marry Reed, right? But so okay, so they so they want to beat the commies. Oh gosh, we hate the commies. They wanted to beat the commies to space. But uh, Reed was concerned. He was concerned that uh, you know they're shielding against the cosmic rays on their ship, uh, their air, their spacecraft was not going to be good enough. And uh, he was kind of pressured into it by you know, I can't believe you're going to let the commies beat us. So he said, "All right, fine." So they snuck in. They got into the rocket and they took off. And so they go off into space. And uh, they're heading along. Everything's working fine. Uh, when you know, and Ben's Ben's piloting it. When they start to, the 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 little uh, Geiger counter thing starts to show that the that the cosmic rays are coming up, and um, and they begin to uh, uh, feel the effects of the cosmic rays, and then then they end up crash landing, and they turn into these super beings. Uh, Reed Richards begins to stretch. Uh, Sue Storm. She can become invisible. Johnny Storm can set himself on fire and fly around, and 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 Ben Grimm turns into this lumpy orange, strong thing, and and then you know the Fantastic Four is born, but they never adopted secret identities. They never started wearing masks. They never did any of that. So they changed. They they adopted their code names like you know Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Girl. I'll talk more about that after the break. Uh, the Human Torch and the Thing. You know because Sue looked at Ben and says, Ben, you're you're turning into some sort of thing. <laughs> and then, so he says, Well, I I guess I'll call myself the Thing. <laughs> anyway, so. They, but they they didn't hide their identities, and that's see that's what's kind of cool about about Marvel Comics. At least with that team, there yes, there've been plenty of Marvel characters that have hid their identities. Daredevil did, uh, and there's been others. So you know, Hawkeye, and well, there's been others. So anyway, uh, I'll talk more about that comic book geek stuff after this break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll be back uh, after this short break, which is like a normal break, not like what I did last on the last week's show. I'll be back. I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. 
You're listening to Dinland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. to uh, Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. All right, I'm geeking out about comic book stuff and secret identities and how to hide them and, and characters not hiding their identities and how that all kind of worked. Uh, th- so, you know, over back over at DC, they, they, there were other ways to hide the identity. Uh, there, was, there was Captain Marvel. Now, there's two Captain Marvels, and it's kind of a weird story about who came first and what was, you know, who could go with Marvel and who couldn't, but they both ended up being able to call themselves Captain Marvel. You had uh, the Billy Batson Captain Marvel uh, over there at DC, and you had the the, uh, Captain, uh, the Marvel Captain Marvel at Marvel Comics. So there's, you know, so there's these two characters. Now, the way... The way uh, DC, the way they had the secret identity, Billy Batson was this kid about 12 years old who, I don't know, stumbled into some cave or something and learned this trick that if he says Shazam, he gets this power to transform into Captain Marvel. So, uh, but other, but but there was a uh, um, uh, other characters now. Captain Marvel for over at DC, Marvel. He got linked with a kid that was, you know, maybe a little older than Billy Batson, named Rick Jones. Got hooked up with him, and they would and, and they would switch positions. Uh, uh, you know, Rick Jones would be here on Earth doing whatever he's doing, but if it starts rough things starts happening, he had these uh, nega bands. I mean, this comic stuff is so geek. Uh, he had these nega bands that he would wear on his wrists. And Captain Marvel had a pair on his wrists, and all Rick Jones had to do was put his arms up over his head and snack, you know, smack the uh, the bands together, and he would switch places with Captain Marvel, who was hanging out in the negative zone. I'm not going to go into all that. It's another dimension. He hang out in the negative zone, so he switched places, and then Captain Marvel would do whatever he'd have to do here on Earth, and and Rick Jones would have to just kind of like float around in the negative zone, I guess. Uh, so there was the, the switching places. Now Marvel also had. Uh, uh, Thor. Now, Thor was a Norse god that uh, that was banished to Earth because he upset his father Odin, the you know the big lead god of the Norse gods. Sent him to Earth, and it, what we thought at first they changed it as it went along. But we thought at first was that this doctor Donald Blake, uh, he you know he he was they would call him lame. 
and I don't mean that means lame as in not very interesting, but lame as though you know he's got a bad leg, and he walks with a uh, with a cane or something, and he's uh, somehow he finds his way into a cave with this, and he sees this nice walking stick kind of thing, in which he ends up tapping against the wall or tapping on the ground, and boom, he turns into Thor. So, uh, it, it's my recollection was at first it was like. Are they? Is it? Is it a transformation? Is it change? But it turns out that that uh, Doctor Donald Blake. I, I don't know if I said the name of him. Actually, is Thor? Is some Odin thing that he just did? So he was Thor. So, but that's a good way to hide your identity if you can switch. You know, or you know, like Billy Batson can transform into Captain Marvel, and Doctor Donald Blake can transform into Thor. Uh, so, but then he, he, there was um, uh, there was Iron Man. Now Iron Man, now he's got the mask, right? Remember, remember the Christopher Nolan movies with the Batman things. You know, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Remember those? Okay, uh, and it was and the and Batman Bruce Wayne was played by Christian Bale. And I, I prefer of the three. I prefer Batman Begins. I like the first part of a of a superhero story more than the rest. But even though I really do like the other two, and Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker in the in the Dark Knight is just a treat to watch. Although that movie, if you think about it uh, too much, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it, so don't think about it that much. Anyway, um, and, and Christian Bale would do this this voice. <laughs> he just he would growl. And it wasn't so much in the first movie when he'd be Batman tried to disguise his voice. And I guess they used some effects in the audio uh, uh, aspect of the movie to just try to, to put a little, you know, little extra growl on it. It got distracting in Dark Knight and and The Dark Knight Rises. It got distracting in those second two movies. It wasn't so distracting in the first one because I don't think they relied on it as heavily. But that's a thing. All right, so. Uh, because you'd have to disguise your voice. Here's another reason why we can recognize right, recognize each other, and why I wouldn't think that you know people would be fooled by Clark Kent putting on a pair of glasses and slicking back his hair, and think, oh, oh, he's not Superman. <laughs> Take off the glasses, let the little curly cue come down in the forehead, and say, oh, you are Superman. I, I, you know, the voice is going to give him away. Batman's voice is going to give him away, right? Isn't it? So okay, all right. Um, but Iron Man, it's just I just watched the first Iron Man movie, you know, the one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And he creates this suit. It's not made of iron, but it's just what they called it. Well, the first suit was, it's just, just watch the movie, you'll f figure it out. And he gets in this suit, right? And he has, he's, his facial features are completely hidden. He's bigger than he actually is. His body, his body shape is different because he's bigger. He's just wearing this suit. He's bigger. Right, so and he's got this, you know, the electronic stuff going on, so he could he could have his voice modulated so that it's different, so they wouldn't recognize the sound of the voice as being Tony, Tony Stark, the you know the, the guy. And in the comic books, uh, 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 Iron Man for a long time, and I don't know how long it lasted, but for a long time, Iron Man was you know Tony Stark's bodyguard, right? And that's what they were going to set up in the movie. In that first movie, they're going to set it up that this is how we're going to explain how this Iron Man guy came about. He's your bodyguard. You invented the suit for him, and he's your bodyguard. You're, you're not Iron Man. So, so, so Tony Stark has the perfect identity hider. You know, his body's going to look different. He's going to move differently because he's in the suit. It's not going to move the way he would normally move. And he's, you can't see his facial features at all. 
and he could change the sound of his voice. So what does he do? <laughs> so he has a press conference in which he's supposed to tell everybody that Iron Man is his bodyguard, and he just says, I am Iron Man. But you had the perfect... But it's not the per it's still not the perfect disguise. It's still not, because the more I thought about it... Okay, facial features completely hidden. Body shape is different. You're bigger. It changes the way you move around, so you don't have the same gait, and you don't have the same you know, posture. Right, so all that stuff changes, and and you can change your voice, but you can't change your speech pattern. I mean, I, the other day, uh, you know, I have certain phrases I'll say every now and then, <laughs> like if I get surprised by something. Uh, the other day, I was at the office. I went down to do my morning constitutional, <clears throat> and uh, and I I went to sit, and, you know, the constitutional part. I went to sit. And uh, I, I got my uh, hind end on the seat, and it twisted. The seat did. And one of the hinges that uh, you lift the seat on, if you're going to stand and use the toilet, uh, one of the hinges popped, broke, just poof. So I just kind of slipped a little. I didn't fall off the seat. It, the seat didn't break completely. It still had enough of the bowl exposed so I could finish up what I needed to do. But what happened when that seat broke is I just I just exclaimed shit balls. <laughs> so, you know that's what I, it's just one of my things. It's one of my phrases. And so, you know if Tony Stark has certain phrases or he has certain you know uh, 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 exclamations he might throw out to where he can't control it, it's just like he gets surprised and he says something. Well, then they can say, oh wait a minute, you're Tony, aren't you? Because there's a speech, you can't hide the speech pattern. So anyway, I, it's it's just the thought <laughs> that uh, you can't really hide the stuff. Now, I wanted to talk about the invisible. Speaking of hiding things, the invisible girl in the Fantastic Four, Sue Storm said she'll go by the invisible girl, and that would be her her name. And again, they didn't hide their identities, so she. Uh, and this is 1961. So is it showing a little bit of the sexism of the 1960s that she's girl? I mean, I thought about this with uh, with uh, uh, the the X Men when the X Men first came out in 1963. There was there was Cyclops, uh, Angel, the Beast, Iceman, and Marvel Girl. Now, they're all teenagers, and I saw one explanation saying the girl aspect was because Jean Grey, who was Marvel Girl in the X-Men, well, she was a teenager, so they were naming, you know, they, they would say girl. You know, Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman, that's DC, but she was Wonder Woman, and, you know, she was not Wonder Girl. And so, but there was a Supergirl and not a Superwoman. Well, there was at some point a Superwoman, but she's not really that famous or popular. But... So the, the, I was reading some uh, information on the internet which were saying that that might have been the thinking. And then Sue Storm, even though she might not have been just a teenager, she might have been 20, she might have been 19. She was quite a bit younger than than, than Reed Richards because he had the graying temples already. Uh, and, and, and Johnny Storm was supposed to be a teenager, her younger brother, but they were pretty close in age. It was, that was the impression. So calling her Invisible Girl, uh, maybe... But then the idea came about that uh, an artist 
uh, who's also a writer, named John Byrne, one of my favorite artists. He's phenomenal, especially in uh, from about 19, the late 1970s into the mid-1980s. He was producing some just some fantastic artwork. He worked on X-Men, which is where, you know, it's not where he started in comic books. He started with a smaller company called Charlton, and then he came over to Marvel, uh, and he, you know, he would, he worked on Iron Fist and, and the Champions and some other titles, and then they put him on the X-Men, and they paired him up with the inker Terry Austin, and the two of them together just were producing just fabulous, fabulous art. Just, I uh, just, uh, amazing stuff. Amazing. And and eventually he started, you know, he would he would work with the writer with coming up with plots and ideas for stories and sort of fleshing some some storylines out. He would start working that way, and then he worked into writing the actual stories himself. So he would write and draw them. He would write some stories without drawing them. Different artists would draw it. Um, and then at some point he went over to the Fantastic Four and kind of revamped them and made them more like their originals because they had gotten a little too bodybuilder looking and over the years and he kind of brought them back to the what the original look to them i mean reed richards was an intellectual super genius kind of guy he wasn't some bodybuilder dude so he sort of you know, just kind of revamped their look uh made them more retro to the beginning of what they what they looked like and just you know just did some interesting stories and he developed more of the character of the invisible girl who at this point had gotten married to reed richards had a baby uh, i think they got married in i think it was in 1966 that they were married in the comic books and in 1968 she had a baby uh and then um uh bef you know so when, when john byrne took over the title he, you know, he, the, the, you know, he was writing it. He was drawing it. He came up with this storyline in which uh, um, Sue got pregnant again, and but she had a miscarriage. It was a very touching, very, you know, and the the the, the illustration work on that um, in that book, on the page where Reed finds out that Sue had miscarried, and uh, that the baby was dead. It's just, uh, it's 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 just really it's well done. It's, it's powerful stuff. And, and uh, so she'd gone through all this kind of stuff, and John Byrne started thinking, why are we calling her the Invisible Girl? Why are we calling her that? She's, she's, she's seen some life. She's not a girl anymore. She's a woman. Can't we call her the Invisible Woman? So he started working on a storyline that would put her through some pretty psychological, difficult wrenching kind of stuff uh, where she got her mind twisted and she became evil for a little bit uh she got herself a mullet <laughs> before she became evil i mean that's the one thing he gave he he gave her the invisible woman title and he gave her a terrible mullet which eventually went away but oh ugh, 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 just bad bad hair anyway uh once she defeated this the 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 villain that had twisted her mind a little bit and got her to be evil and well, whatever do some bad stuff. She decided, you know, I can't I can't go back that I, I've I've gone beyond that. I'm I'm now the Invisible Woman. So so they, he brought her into the uh, into the 20th century, <laughs> into the latter half of the 20th century. It only took till 1985 for that to happen. So from 1961 to 1985, she was the Invisible Girl. So 21, 24 years as the Invisible Girl. Um, also about John Byrne that's interesting. Not only was he a fabulous, fantastic artist, 
Uh, especially this, this that that period, like I said, from 1970 something, like 78, uh, up until late 80s. I mean, his work was just so great. And then later, uh, I you know, it's still good. It's still better than what I can do. Uh, it, it just he 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 does he's still doing artwork and he's still fantastic and all that. But something else about him that's interesting is he's an atheist. The man's an atheist. I've seen him in interviews where he's got the little atheist pin on. And I go, oh, look at that. The guy's an atheist. And uh, um, he, uh, and, you know, speaking of atheists, the transition away from that. Uh, yes, uh, as I record this on Friday the 13th, uh, Thursday the 12th was, uh, uh, I, it might have been just some kind of, joke but uh, apparently some some Facebook person set up a group uh, to, uh, to to stop atheism and the uh, August 12th starting at 1 p.m. Central the the Christian types and I suppose Muslims and Jewish folks and other religions folks would could pray the atheism away and they're gonna pray to get rid of the atheists to just convert to either have them disappear or convert to whatever. Well, he would have them become Christians. Uh, that's that 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 was going to be. It was going to happen. So we were waiting. One o'clock is coming. Here's one o'clock coming. Okay. All right. It's one o'clock now. They're starting to pray. Okay. Am I feeling something? Do I? Am I feeling like I need to read the Bible now? Am I feeling like I need to start praying? And I says, Hmm. Nope. It's not happening. And it didn't happen. I'm still an atheist. Uh, as far as I know, John Byrne is still an atheist. All the people that I know who are atheists were saying, ah, they're still atheists. It didn't work. But maybe it's a slow-release prayer. Maybe it, you know, the message was sent, and God's finally going, oh, really? You, I should make these people atheists? Hmm, let me think about it. And maybe he will at some point. Anyway, <laughs> I've made it to my next break. I will, uh, I'll, I'll, let's see, let's get this thing set up. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I will take a break, and I will be back. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. 
bet you got worried there. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. It just took a little longer for the sounder to start playing. Sorry about that little gap of dead air. Ooh, probably got you nervous. Oh, they get nervous on the radio, on real radio. They get nervous when, when there's dead air. All right, I got a pedantic moment for you. It's pretty short. It's pretty su- short and sweet and to the point <clears throat> for my pedantry. Uh, it, it, it involves a commercial, again, an advertisement. A, uh, uh, I haven't seen it on TV, but I've seen it uh, play before a, uh, a YouTube video. Which, by the way, don't you hate the way YouTube puts ads in the videos? I mean, sometimes it, it's uh, they just put the video, the, the ads at the beginning or at the end of the video, and you can just ignore them. Uh, but you're you're watching something, and a person is talking about something, and right in the middle of their sentence, ad. <laughs> they at least YouTube at least does give you the countdown. The little 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 blurb comes up at the bottom there that says you know ad in five seconds, and it gives you the countdown. So you know if you notice it, you're 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 not too surprised when it comes up. And I have a policy: if I have to sit through an ad. And it gives me the thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't care what the ad is, it gets a thumbs down. If I have to sit through it, it gets a thumbs down. If I can skip it, I don't give it a thumbs up. But I don't give the thumbs down. If it, if I get, if I see it's counting down in five seconds, you just watch five seconds of this ad. Click. I used to like it when the ad started showing up, and it would be a, you know, you can skip it in five seconds, and the the advertisers hadn't figured out how to get. They hadn't figured that they should get their uh, pertinent information in in that first five seconds they hadn't figured that out yet and so you, you, you the ad starts and they're like they're working up to what it's about and it gets to five seconds you click it before they even have a chance to give their pitch yeah. but then they figure that out after a while they get right to it so anyway um what was I talking about oh yeah there was an ad that uh, played before one of the, the YouTube videos I was watching and it was for Red Robin restaurants. I don't know how nationwide they are. I don't know how worldwide they are. But they were. They, there's. We have some in you know in the Twin Cities here. And um, uh, the, so the ad comes on, and it's it's for Red Robin's bottomless fries, it's bottomless steak fries. I think it's to be more precise. And that means you know all you can eat, right? And what they show is now they're picking up on what we've been going through the last year and a half with the Zoom meetups and stuff, working from home and how people have been able to be, you know, business up top and bedtime down below, (laughs) you know, pajama bottoms or sweatpants or something like that down below. But up top, it's a suit and tie with, you know, it's a a nice dress shirt with a suit jacket and a tie or a, a business outfit for you know, for women that wear that kind of thing. You know, it's something you know, nice and presentable, and and making the background look, uh, you know, look nice while the everything that doesn't the camera can't see is a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's what the, the people have been doing, and they've been making jokes about it and having fun with it, and realizing, yeah, we know we're doing that, but okay, uh, uh, all right, whatever. So we'll we'll we're all going with the illusion for these Zoom meetings, right? But the thing is, in this ad. They, the the Red Robin people were uh, were using that 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 same little 
inside joke, you know. So it's that okay, yeah, we're business up top and 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 casual on the bottom. Uh, and so the, for their tied into the bottomless steak fries. Well, there's a so what we see is we see a woman sitting uh, at a table. She's got her laptop open. And, and it's in the we know the camera's position in such a way that we can't see that she's wearing yoga pants. And standing behind her is a fella, and he's he's the camera again is positioned in such a way that they can't you know they just see his suit jacket tie nice shirt, they can't see that the bottom half he's wearing basketball shorts you know the kind that the pro basketball players the real loose long ones, that's what he's wearing, all right. But they're 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 saying that they're bottomless, and I looked at them and I went, uh, they ain't bottomless. Uh, bottomless means they ain't got no bottoms on. That's what it means. No bottoms. Now I'm willing, I'm willing to stretch bottomless to mean the dude standing in his boxer shorts and she's sitting in some, you know underpants of some sort. I'm willing to let the bottomless stretch to that far of a meaning. That they're bottomless that way. I'm even willing, and this might be kind of disturbing, but I'm even willing to allow the bottomless to mean they have literally no bottoms. That they've been cut off at, at the waist. So there's you know blood pouring out of them. And, and really, would they want to be in a meeting at that point? You know, I mean, he'd be on the floor, and she—if she's up in the chair, she's not going to be propped up very well. And the blood's going to be—I don't—they're not going to be contributing to the meeting that much. And so, but, but okay, but this basketball shorts and yoga pants ain't bottomless. <clears throat> that's my—that's my pedantic moment. Speaking of YouTube. I wanted to uh, give some, uh, you know, give some you know cool things out. And again, it, it, I know I've talked about this in the past, where uh, reaction videos. And I know that there are, I guess, some reaction videos out there that might be a little suspicious. And it's interesting how a certain song works its way around through to the, the to the various YouTube reaction channels. It just seems like all of a sudden you're seeing, well, I'll give the example of Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who, the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Uh, we, it's just like one channel does it, and then all this, and the next you see another one, cha another channel's doing it, and another one's doing it, another one's doing it, another one's doing it, and it's like, okay. But it just might be the nature of the internet. It might be the nature of the algorithm that they're showing me these videos because they know that I like the Who. And they say, well, you might like these reaction videos. You've been watching some of them, so maybe you like this one. And, or maybe it's just that uh, the other aspect is the nature of the internet where people will request in the in the comments and they'll say, hey, do this song. You know, and it just starts to get popular. This is a popular song to ask to, them to check out. And when it comes to Won't Get Fooled Again, I always enjoy just waiting for that moment when Roger Daltrey does that that iconic, well, that's a terrible word, iconic, it's overused and all that, but that legendary, yeah, at the end of the little interlude with the with the synthesizer keyboard thing, when he does that, 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 that shriek of that, yeah, when he does that, I can't do it. 
and uh, that's I just wait for the reaction people if they to you know if they haven't heard that song before because you wonder I wait to see that reaction when they hear that uh, I saw one recently where the woman's listening to it and at some point in the song she's listening to the live version that was in the movie the kids are all right the the doc the rock documentary that was done uh, released in 1979 I believe it was um, she she gets about halfway through the song or so or so and says wait a minute I I do kind of recognize this, and I thought that was pretty good. You know, she, she recognizes it because all the CSI shows, you know, they're 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 trying to produce as many CSI shows as there are, as there are Who songs, so that they can have a different Who song for the theme of each show. And uh, so she she was recognizing that. She said, "I think I is this part of that CSI Miami or whatever." So okay, and that's and so I thought that was you know, at least she's being honest about it. And I liked her reaction. And then I saw father and son reacting to it. The father, of course, knows The Who. It's one of his favorite bands. So it's the son seeing this for the first time, hearing the song for the first time. That was kind of cool. Uh, you know, and then it was these two sisters or something, younger sisters. They're like uh, early teens, something like that. And they're hearing the song for the first time and seeing the same video. They're watching. You know, so it's like it kind of goes around, goes around. And they're watching the same video. And they were really enjoying what Townsend was doing, and and you know jumping around and all that stuff he did, and the windmilling his arm, and they, they found it very interesting. Um, but I, there was one thing that occurred to me though, watching all these reaction videos. I have never seen, uh, I, one yet where they listen to a song, and they don't like it, where they just flat out don't like it. I didn't like that song. That's a horrible song. Why would you want me to listen to that song? Uh, there's a there's a there's a couple uh, Jay and Amber. Uh, they they're I think they're kind of fun watching them the, the way they react and they have some pretty decent you know some good insights as to not knowing what the song's about and then then they they say so, you know they're told to you know if you watch the song won't get fooled again in particular to have the lyrics on so you can see what they're talking about so it, in in the way they interpret the song I think that's a that's pretty good as far as you know it's pretty good. So, and they, they seem to really enjoy it, uh, the, the stuff that they listen to, and, and they do seem to be sincere that they hadn't heard the song before, and I think that's, they're, they're fun to listen to, and they're pretty cool, but they like everything so far. There, uh, there's, there's a couple of fellas, college students, uh, Andy and Alex, and they've been called, I think they've been called the, the bobbleheads, because when they listen to the song, they, they just kind of bounce their heads around and they're not they're not in rhythm with the song they're they're off beat their heads bobbing does not bob at the rhythm of the song they're just they're just moving it i just like guys <laughs> you must be terrible dancers because that's not the rhythm of the song <laughs> that you're bouncing out to but they get as close to uh, uh a negative reaction to a song as i've ever heard uh, they'll they'll like they'll give grade letter grades, and then they have a couple other grades like sauce. I think it's the top. Banger is just below sauce. I think I, you know these are kids speak. I, what do I know? I'm 56 years old. What the hell do I know? Uh, but then they'll do like A plus, A, you know, and such regular grades. And I think one of them had given a song, and I I forget what song it was uh, a C. It just didn't you know. 
Uh, he had given it, and that's so, okay. But it, that doesn't mean he didn't like the song. It just wasn't as as he it just didn't come up to the, as his expectations or something like that. So he gave it a C, and that's as close. I haven't had anybody go and say, "Huh, oh, that sucks," which made me think. Of suppose, my son says to me, "Dad, let's do a YouTube channel where I play songs for you of the newer stuff." You know, songs you've not heard before, and we get your reaction to, to the to these songs. Uh, and, <laughs> and I have a feeling that it would go something like this, where he'd start playing the song, and however the song goes, you know, oons, 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 or whatever, something. It's just, it just it would just get started, and it'd be doing its thing. Uh, and it just get about five, six, seven seconds into it. I'd say, "All right, this is crap. <laughs> what do you got next?" And we could we could knock out like twenty songs in a re in a in a reaction video. Yeah, said, ah, this sucks. No, nope, not for me. No, nah, no, nope, don't like it. Nope, nope. <laughs> because that's kind of how I am. I think I I don't know. I I, I just I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of older songs, and it's, maybe I'd be if if like an old guy was playing me old songs, I might be more amenable to them. I don't know. I don't know what's the psychology that I've got going up here. That uh, you know, that I just would just I just I just say that ah, nope, not for me. Uh, uh, he has we have had it happen where we're in the car, and he's playing music on his Spotify. And he'll, you know, he'll ask me, well, what'd you think of that? And I'll just go, mm, that's all right. <laughs> I try not to be. Uh, but there was one time, uh, the song is called Baby, You're a Haunted House by Gerard Way, who's a musician and a writer. I think he, I think he created Umbrella Academy, which was a big thing a little bit ago. A comic book thing and a Netflix series. And, and so he plays this song for me, or he's just playing it. And, and I'm, I think I was in the back seat of the car. I think I was. Uh, uh, Amy was driving us home. I think I had some. Uh, I don't know some something. Something was done. Some medical procedure or something. And I was tired, or they were just. just I'll just ride him back. And and the, that song played. And then and when it got when it got done, Hayden turns back and says, "What do you think?" And I said, uh, "That one's going on my Spotify list." He said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, I like that one. It was good." And it probably liked it because it was similar to the stuff that I already like. Probably. So, yeah, I don't see any of these, uh, 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 the reaction videos really being negative in their reactions to certain songs. There is a reaction uh, uh, channel uh, called uh, Call Me Caroline. It's a young woman from, uh, I think she's in Australia. She's a musician and a singer. And what she's been doing, she does a lot of reaction videos to other stuff, but she's been doing a series of reaction videos of the Beatles albums. And she's honest, she's up front, she says, she'll show the listing of the album from the Wikipedia page, and she'll highlight the songs that she already knows. And there's usually one or two songs on each album. She's up to the, their, she just did their third album, which was uh, Hard Day's Night. And she, just watching her react to the songs is wonderful. 
<laughs> because she's got the she's got some musical knowledge and she's a singer and she's she's she gives you some insight in the voice and she just she just keeps getting surprised by some of the stuff that they do. The band will take a song in a different direction than what she thought they were going to take it in, and she's it's wonderful seeing her have those reactions. It's a really good one. I'll link to to these uh, to some of this stuff on the show notes page. Just go to dimland.com and click on the show notes and and you'll see what uh, what I mean. Uh, one last thing before I go. Uh, my son Hayden turned 18 uh, the first of this month. Astrologers, put your charts away. And in, what is today? Today's the 13th. In six days' time, we'll be taking him down to Mankato. Uh, where he will be attending Minnesota State University, Mankato. He will be a freshman in college. And Amy and I are going to be empty nesters. And uh, we're freaking out a little bit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite the change. Uh, we'll see how it goes, um, how we handle it. Uh, it's, it's, man, it went by fast. Good night. Uh, Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, end of another show. Uh, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear the ma- masks again, get vaccinated if you haven't already. Please get vaccinated. We need to get there. You've been listening to Dimland Radio and the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Jimmy. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.